All right, before we get started today, I want to give a big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers and members over there. Um, Patreon is a way for people to be able to help financially support the podcast. There's four different levels of uh, patronage over there that you can check out, um, and they all come with their own entitlements and uh, and uh, privileges, if you will. Um, but, you know, some of the things that a lot all the members get... Um, early access to episodes. I'm going to do some special bonus content that's only for Patreon subscribers. Um, we do giveaways. Uh, we give away stuff from Chop Ahead and also other uh, uh, show sponsors and whatnot. Um, we'll tell you who's coming up on deck and uh, ahead of time so people can uh, ask questions and participate that way. And um, it's just it's just a rad thing. And uh, I truly appreciate from the bottom of my heart, all the Patreon subscribers, it, it really helps to show, uh, keep going and growing. And so uh, I thank you for that. And if you're interested, go check it out, patreon.com slash big truth. Uh, and uh, I'd love to welcome you aboard over there. Now, if you're looking for motorcycle parts for your old or new motorcycle, you need to go check out Old Bike Barn at oldbikebarn.com. They got whatever you need, whether it's for a stock bike or a cafe racer or a chopper or some other kind of custom. Uh, go check them out at oldbikebarn.com. They also got their own line of leather goods and knives under the name White Knuckler. Um, good stuff, good people. Uh, Bear is a pillar in the industry and a friend and... Uh, you know, just go check them out. Especially if you got an old Japanese bike, they got the rare stuff that uh, not a lot of the, not a lot of other places have. So check them out, oldbikebarn.com or on Instagram at oldbikebarn. Now, if uh, you find yourself wanting to get into some CBD, whether you got some uh, uh, swelling or you know joint pain or torn muscles from the gym, any kind of inflammation, or whether it's just for uh, helping sleep or anxiety, things like that. You need to check out Crater Lake Clear because there's so many different CBD manufacturers now and a lot of it's just bullshit. You want to go to someone like Crater Lake Clear where uh, you can go on their website and uh, get the whole rundown. They use all the best organic and clean ingredients um, and their processes are, are, are par none. So uh, check them out, CraterLakeClear.com. If you use the promo code BigTruth at checkout, you get 20% off your order there. Um, and I use their, uh, there's like a mint chocolate one. And, uh, or a blueberry one, and uh, I use that before I go to sleep and sleep like a fucking baby. So check them out at cradleateclear.com. Uh, remember, use promo code BIGTRUTH at checkout, and you will get 20% off your order there. And uh, while we're talking about 20% off, um, go check out Amerta at amertamia.com. Christmas and holidays are coming. Uh, whatever holiday it is you you uh, personally like or, or celebrate or observe, um, if there's a gift giving tradition, go to amertamia.com and uh, check out their whole line of wares, uh, most legit streetwear pro, uh, uh, streetwear slash lifestyle brand that there is. Um, whether you need a hoodie, t-shirt, scarf, whatever, socks, they got everything, uh, jackets, whatever. Uh, check them out, amertamia.com, O-M-E-R-T-A-M-I-A.com and uh, give rad gifts. Uh, I know they got all kinds of specials going on right now, um, and I'm sure they'll have more as the holidays uh, proceed. Uh, so make sure you check them out, amertamia.com on Instagram and all the social media, simply at amertamia. Um, if you happen to be in the unfortunate situation where you're in a motorcycle accident, you need to check out Law Tigers at lawtigers.com. And if you go on Facebook and type in Law Tigers in the state that you reside in, uh, you will get in touch with the local regional office there. So if you need to uh, 
Uh, if you live in Massachusetts, go to Facebook and type in Law Tigers Massachusetts and you get in touch with the Law Tiger uh, that is local to you. It's a motorcycle uh, accident uh, law firm that was founded by riders for riders. Hope you never need that sponsor, but if you do, it's good to have them in your back pocket. Uh, so if some shit happens, some bullshit happens, some distracted drivers texting and being a fucking idiot and hit you, go check out LawTigers.com. Um, if you were in the weird stuff you know you you're 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 more attracted to the dark arts or uh uh you know weird shit occult serial killers um but you also have a penchant for like motor stuff like uh choppers and uh old 70s boogie vans and show vans and shit like that then my boy zach has a clothing company and a lifestyle company that's right up your alley it's called heavy and you can check them out at heavy.bigcartel.com uh, all kinds of uh, clothing and nefarious wares for uh, for 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 your life, you know. Uh, and uh, on Instagram at Heavy um, Clothing. So Heavy Clothing on Instagram, Heavy dot uh, is where you need to go. Um, what am I forgetting here? I'm going through all these fast. While you're looking for clothing, go check out Pitchfork at pitchforkny.com. Uh, this isn't an operation, just by the way, I'm not talking about a murder. I'm talking about me reading these commercials. I'm not reading anything. I'm just making the shit up out of thin air and just remembering. Um, and because these, these are all companies I know and, and support most of them are friends of mine. Uh, so I don't have any script or anything written down that I'm going through. That's why I might stumble through these sometimes. Maybe I should write something up so I can keep it going a little quicker. But that's just an aside for those, you know, for, for those that are listening. But um yeah, but if you check out Pitchfork at pitchforkny.com, they're the uh, a mainstay clothing company and also record label in the punk, hardcore, and metal genres of music. Um, and they do uh, these compilations. That's a, the best way to say it. They do a seven-inch series called the Back to School series that has an East Coast band on one side and a West Coast band on the other, bands like Rancid and Murphy's Law and whatnot. Um and they just did a New York Hardcore uh, compilation LP. So you need to check all that out. And on top of that, they got over a decade of fucking rad clothing. So all kinds of shit there. Go um, pitchforkny.com. If you uh, are looking for more information on motorcycling in any way, shape, form, or manner, whatever type of motorcycles or motorcycling you're into, whether it's choppers or whatever you need to check out chop cult at chopcult.com. they're the biggest information clearinghouse and uh message board setup that there is uh you it's totally free for this right so you just you sign in you you'll make in a, a profile you sign on they don't ask you your credit card or none of that shit uh you just get on and then you just go and mine for information because uh, there's all kinds of uh, message boards all broken up by topic, so it's super easy to navigate. They also have an online swap meet where you can buy, sell, and trade parts. They also have an online events page where you can look for motorcycle-related events by date, by region, by country, by state. Uh, you know, it, it, it's all there. Um, they also do... Um, They'll send you. Uh, they got a. They got a store. You know where they where they sell their own apparel and uh, products and uh, products of uh, other people that are supporters. And you know they do an email, so they can just give you an email blast with a, a digest with some of the more uh, interesting uh, curated stories for that for that for that time period. So check them out. Chopcult.com on all the social media. Simply at Chopcult. Um, 
You can always welcome to come down to my shop, Chop Ahead Custom Cycles. We're at 13 County Road in East Freetown, Massachusetts. We're a full brick and mortar motorcycle shop. We got a big garage in the back and we got a showroom and parts counter up front. And, uh, you know, it's way better to be able to come into a place, try on a helmet, try on a vest, try on a hoodie or something, know your exact size and not guess and have to buy shit online and wait and get it in and send it back because you got the wrong size and blah, blah, blah. So come on in and uh, any parts you need for your motorcycle, we got it. If we don't have it in stock, we can get it. If it's not on our website, we can get it. Just give us a call or shoot us an email. And if you need work done in your bike, uh, we can do whatever you need, whether you need an oil change or you need a full custom chopper built, anything in between, speed work, audio work, motor rebuilds, whatever, give us a call, 508-995-6764, or come by or visit the website, chopahead.com, and uh, we got all kinds of apparel and swag and whatnot on there, so uh, check it out and support Last but not least, if you want more information on the podcast, go to BigTruthPodcast.com. All the show episodes are up there. And most importantly, please, as a favor, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's off the uh, website or you listen to it on iTunes or Apple or uh, Android or uh, Spotify or Stitcher or YouTube, wherever you're listening to it, please uh, like, share, Leave a review, leave a comment, leave stars, whatever, whatever the thing there is you can do, because uh, that boosts us up in the algorithm and gets us out to more people. So I appreciate it. And without further ado, I'll stop rambling here and we'll get into today's episode right now. Yes, once again, we have Liftoff. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Truth Podcast. And I'm here today with my homie, Billy Grazia Day, who you may know from bands such as Biohazard or Powerflow or just his solo uh, career. He's a musician, a songwriter, a player, an engineer, a producer, a man of many hats. Uh, so I'm stoked to have him on today. Uh, we've tried to do it a couple times in the past and got te- caught with technical glitches. So uh, third time's a chime, right? Right, right, Billy? Yeah, man. <laughs> How you doing? Good, How you bro. doing, bro? All right, all right man. Just uh, coming out of the, the, the Thanksgiving week, getting back to the first full week of uh, back at it and the grind and shit. Um, had a good time over the last week and stuff. Uh, how about you, man? What's going on? Same here, man. I'm five pounds heavier, but it's like a bear hibernating in the winter. I'm not getting ready for the cold weather. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the, the cold weather of California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an East Coast kid, though. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't, you don't get to put on the Brooklyn weight, you know what I mean? You can stay at a, a, a most felt California <laughs> weight. Um, yeah. But but what's what's going on, man? I um I know you you got a ton of music stuff going on. The, the last time we had started talking about this on the podcast before, you had hooked up with a new app that that like kind of hooks musicians up so they can collaborate across uh, worldwide and whatnot. And uh, if you want to get back into some of that, what you were collaborating with a band last time we I talked like like in Australia or something over that app. Yeah, um, that that's <laughs> been so such a while since uh. 
Yeah, I know. Right um, what's that app called? Link. And I'll, I'll put Sorry, a, um, yeah. So yeah, you're gonna edit this, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put a link up to it. So you know what I mean in the show right, cool. notes. So. Yeah. Um. So that that company's called Featured X. It's pretty dope. I, I it's a it's a way that young bands can um or musicians can reach out to other artists that have somewhat you know made a little bit of noise with their career, and you get you know speak directly to them. At least that's how I deal deal with it. People yeah. Reach out to me. Everything from just you know, guesting on one of their songs or writing a song for them, and I've done it all. But it's it's a pretty cool thing. And the the cats who created it, um, they're from Boston, I think. Okay, Massachusetts, Providence, maybe Providence, somewhere in New England, somewhere in the general area. I, I know, I know, we're all territorial, but yeah. we're all New Englanders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what's it called? Featured X. Featured X, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it's basically a way it allows people to collaborate with each other, like musically or whatever, on projects across the World Wide Web. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, you never have a, you know, there's never, you don't have the access to, to talk to certain people in different bands. Yeah. Um, especially when we were younger coming up. But now you can reach out to people on social media and maybe you'll get them, you know, Maybe you'll get a response. I respond to everybody, but you know, maybe Jamie Haybreed's fucking busy with their new Haybreed record or his own solo Jamie Jackson stuff, um, and he doesn't get a chance to get back to you. But if he's up on Featured X <coughs> and he goes to Featured X to check it out, and he's there specifically to reach out to young up and coming artists that want to collab or do something with him, he'll get back to you just the same as I will and all these other artists. So it's a pretty cool little new thing that these dudes invented. It they came out of the pandemic, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah, man, uh, and definitely a way to to just keep up with, uh, you know, just just keep working. Not you, I mean, I I know I know you probably got you're probably turning shit away, but like, uh, um, just a, a good way for people to, I don't know, just make use of that time too. Like especially when everyone had like a year of downtime, man. Just uh, you know, keep keep creative uh, juices flowing and whatnot. And uh, but it must be cool for for a younger band to be able to reach out to somebody that's kind of further along in the career, even whether it's just for advice or for help with uh, writing stuff or guesting and stuff that, that sounds like a pretty fucking cool thing. And, and if they are not sponsoring this podcast, so I'm not like giving them like a weird shout out or anything. It just, I think the concept is fucking cool. So I, you know, I fucking co-sign that, you know, I, I know I would appreciated that when I was a kid. Yeah. Right. And plus, it, I always, since we did, in this um, record called Judgment Night. I, I love the collabs. I love when artists put their shit together and it comes out with a t- twisted, you know, um, with twisted angles and twisted artistic fucking, cre- you know, creative vibes that aren't really specific to each individual artist. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, man. And, 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 and you never know, even when it's something that doesn't seem like it might not make sense, when it comes together, the collaboration, sometimes like some of the coolest shit can come out of that, you know, like, uh, um, and, uh, you, you never know what's going to happen, you know? So like sometimes, uh, magic is made, you know, in the most unlikely of places. Yeah. There we go. But, uh, um, okay. The, the cool, the cool thing about it is that I'm a fan. So when I look at other artists on there, I'm like, Oh shit, I can do something with these dudes. Yeah, it's more like you know 
I'm still looking at it as a peer, as a user of the site. But, you know, like, like Necro and I have been talking about doing something, Slade, and I would love to do something with him, and him I've spoke a bunch of times. Um, so I'm still a fan. I don't approach it like, hey, let's collab. I'm just like, hey, man, you think I could work, you know, if we could work together on something fucking cool? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the great thing. To me, music, it's never gotten boring for me. I still feel like, you know, a kid, you know, walking into the candy store for the first time with a giant sweet tooth, like, motherfucker, oh, this is, this is fucking great. Even, I just, I'm releasing a new record, my second Billy Bio record, it's a solo record, and it's still fucking exciting. It never gets boring. It's, I always look forward to it. It's fucking badass. Now, what do you like the most? I mean, I know, um, and and you might not have an answer, it's fine, but like, I know some, I have a lot of friends, obviously we have a lot of shared friends that are musicians. Some people really like being in the studio and recording. Some people like being out on the road more. Um, like what's, what, what's your favorite part of the process? And I, cause I know you, you have a hands-on approach to like, you know, like you, 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 you record, engineer, produce everything, you know, like, so like what, nowadays, what's kind of like your favorite thing to do? Bro, I, I, I used to be more into, I didn't like the recording process. And I think it was because it was all about the vibe that I felt in the early career biohazard that we never really captured what we, you know, we didn't capture the essence of power that we had on stage, on, you know, on record and vinyl. <clears throat> but over the years, I got more comfortable in the studio and realized I was more capable of do- capturing that vibe myself versus hiring, you know, big, big time producers and paying, paying out the ass for these guys. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of my great experience with it. I'm still friends with all of them, but, um, I got way more comfortable. So now it's across the board. I'm just, I love it all. I love from writing, you know, sitting in my studio. I have a place called Firewater Studios here in LA. We, we started in Brooklyn and then over the years it evolved and I eventually moved out here. Um, but I love writing in the studio, recording my shit, um, and all the other bands that I do. It's, it's, it's like my, you know, it's like my clubhouse, my man cave, it's my creative outlet. It's the whole, everything, my whole essence as an artist, you know, lives in this place. I, I think if, if, if the place burnt down, knock on wood, it'd be like fucking suicide. But so I like it all, man. I, I, I love creating on the new record. I have a Patreon site. It's patreon.com, Billy Biohazard. But I did this really cool thing where as I was making this record, and the record's called Leaders and Liars. It comes out in March. I drop, uh, we have we released one single, and I put out a new videos coming out tomorrow. A song I did with Toby from H2O called One Life to Live. Great song. Fucking the most unique video I've ever made in my fucking career. But what I did was, Josh, I fucking documented, and, and I put up the camera, you know, my, little, my fucking little iPhone during like the pandemic and captured a couple moments of me, you know, writing. And there's a, I think there's two or three um, songs that I did this to. And, but I released this, this single that dropped. I was, and I, I didn't know what late, what's, you know, I like all my, all my songs. If they're on my record. I fucking, you know, I, I stand behind them hundred percent. So, but you, one of the things I learned along the way is I, I, I'm not good with the label feels the song is a, you know, the right one to go with a single or a video for whatever. I'm, I'm with it. I like them all. Anyways, they happen to pick this one song that I documented the writing on. 
And on Patreon, what I did was every every couple weeks, once a month or whatever, for the past four or five months, I've been showing different versions of the song. It started in me and my, sitting in my living room on acoustic guitar. And then the riffs started coming together in another episode. And then the whole song I had pretty much written on acoustic. And then I went in the studio and started putting it down on electric. And then, you know, laying down drums, laying down some vocals. And the song progressed. And then I dropped the last version right before I had a friend of mine um, come to the studio. And she she took a video of me playing her the song. It was the same song that I had been sharing. But the homegirl put it up on her uh, on her social media. And so it kind of fucking took the wind out of my sails. And we had to scramble and try to figure out. Because we weren't going to announce the record to December. Uh, make a long story short. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got to, I look at it like, you know, that's saying life gives you lemons. You got to learn, you know, make lemonade. Out. Yeah, sure. I just turned, turned around and, and, uh, you know, got some, some friends picked it up and helped me promote it. It, it, it didn't, people didn't hear about my music, how I wanted it to, but it's all good. Yeah. But that's rad that you got the whole thing documented from like, you just kind of sketching it out or working it out, like, you know, in your living room to all the way to the finished product. So I'm sure people, there's a lot of people like, I was just talking about this on, um, I think on the last episode of the podcast, like I'm like a nerd for like fucking like music documentaries. I love to watch the process of like how people make music or how bands come together and like the kind of rise of all that and, and the story of all that. So I'm sure there's a lot of people interested in the process and getting to see um, like how you wrote a song from beginning to end and all the, the pieces in between and all the steps in between. So I'm sure that's, um, you know, you know, even if the song got leaked a little early, at least people get to see that whole fucking process. That's that's pretty fucking badass. You know, as a fan, not, I'm not a fan of myself. I, I'm proud to like what I do, but uh, as a music fan, it. yeah, yeah, as a music fan, I, I, it's fucking pretty dope, dude. I I love, you know, I I think that if I was live, I wouldn't I wouldn't be into it. Like, like if you tuned in and you could watch you know, Billy Byers and fucking write a song or whatever, I would be like, nah, I'm not into that. I'm not, I don't want to show anybody my inner workings. But the camera, you kind of ignore. And you always have the ability to look at it later and say, yeah, I don't want to share that. Yeah, yeah. But And all, all this footage, it was just, it was pretty cool. Even the writing, bro. I put a camera up when I was working on the lyrics and and just, just, it, just try to capture some moments. I had some ideas in my head. And it's all fast forward, but you see me writing down my ideas. Some of the ideas and lyrics stayed, and some of them evolved and changed. I remember the song was, had a different name at first in my head, um, but when I finally put it all together, it all came out, and I got Toby from H2O to you know, spit on it, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. I, uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like wanting to see this now. <laughs> like, um, but fuck yeah, dude. So, um, what else? So what, so you got a, a solo record coming in March. Any, uh, any touring coming up? I know, I know yeah. it's kind of weird timing and you know, I know things look like they're coming in place where touring might get fucking pushed back some more or who knows or whatnot. But yeah, as of now, I, guess, I, I, <laughs> oh, I do. I'm playing a show. I'm playing a show. Um, we're doing like a cool party, a wrap up party for the record, December seventeenth. Um, the dude from uh, Death, he was a death metal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's playing um, some other bands that I produced. My boy Neil, I just finished his record 
a band called Cutthroat. Um, band I produced. Anyways, it's December 17th, but the, the big tour I had, dude, fucking COVID, man. <sighs> We've all lost friends and family, and it's, it's, it's fucking sad. I mean, this, this keeps fucking just slaughtering everybody, everybody's plans. I had a big, big fucking tour. Uh, I can't talk about it because we're trying to make it happen later, but it was fucking huge. Yeah. And it was supposed to start March 23rd. Um, and my records come out March 25th, but that just got canceled. I was fucking, yeah. but I was like, you know what? Something, there's something better out there waiting for me. So yeah. I'll wait for that. So was it, was it a lot of, uh, was it a U.S. stuff or, or Europe that got canceled or all of it? Both. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy, dude. Um, <clears throat> It, it, you know, it, we can get into politics of it or not. Like I, either way, it's like fine. Wait, what are you, are you are you doing dishes or something? No, am I doing dishes? Do I do dishes? No. <laughs> oh, it sounds like I, there's like clinking sounds. I thought I thought it was a. I, I'm just fucking Dude, with you. You're not supposed. You're not supposed to hear that. I'm, I'm fucking Apple phone. The Apple pod. They, they have this thing that shuts off all the surround sounds. No, I mean all the. I no, can, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, it's no no big deal. I can hear it, but <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So uh, your solo record, your second solo record's coming out, and um, and uh, so uh, do you do you have a band with that? Like like, uh, or you are you hiring guys, or do you have like a like a like a steadfast kind of band that you use for your solo stuff? I I started out um just it's it's basically just me in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I play, I play everything and do everything, but when it comes time, when songs are done, um, then I bring in my buddies. Uh, I had, uh, my buddy Fred played drums. He's a drummer from power flow. Another band I had with send over inside the sill, Christian from fear factory. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> Rob Diaz, who plays, uh, bass for suicidal tendencies. He plays bass. Um, and then Dan Palmer, it's uh he plays guitar for death by stereo and zebra head is my guitar player cool so the four of us they come in when the songs are done at first i start with fred and i'm super protective of my shit dude like just from the, the biohazard days when when mpc started happening i don't even nobody gets a copy of my music even when it's done they got to wait until fucking records you know printed up and there's that version but um the guys come in and we I show them the songs that we jam it we fuck around with it and then we and we track. Nice. So it's a it's a little bit of both. It's a band, but it's still solo. Like it's yeah. like my idea is stay pure. You know? Nice man. It's, um, a, it's like you having somebody. It's like you you know. And I I love a band, bro. I love that vibe. I love everything from biohazard to power flow, the way it works. <clears throat> but there's something about it's like you designing a bike and you come up with this dope ass fucking frame, and then you you get ready to fucking you know light the torch and then start welding. And then you invite your buddy over and you say, hey, what what would you change? All right, yeah. go ahead. Contribute to it. And suddenly your vision is now tainted. It's not the same fucking shit that, that you gave birth to in your head. Sure. And and sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times when you have good partnerships, it comes out better. But it's still different yeah. than your first conception, you know? No, I get that. And, that. and that's why you have your solo. Like where you were, and it's cool that you're able to, uh, you know, record and, 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 uh, play all the instrumentation yourself. Um, and then, you know, you get your vision down a hundred percent. Um, and then, you know, the collaborative stuff, you got your, your bands for that, that are more collaborative in that nature. And that's, that's cool. That's, you know, uh, 
it, it's the worst when someone does solo records and it's not, and it's just the same stuff that sounds like the bands they're in. Like, and that's why it's cool. Like, like with you, like, you know, you have a, a total separation there and you're just doing it all, you know? And it's not like, you know, like bringing in guys from your band to, to your other bands to, 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 to do, to, you know, to write the stuff and then still call it a solo record. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, yeah. it's, a it's a pure solo record. So, um, uh, uh, I, I like that. It, 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 it is a little bit like, I get it, and I heard that stuff before, and I, I did. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of bands, singers do that. I've seen it, and it, it works great for them. But for me, <coughs> and you, we've been friends for a long time, um, but we kind of met during Blood for Blood, not during the Biohazard era. But it, with Biohazard, I always brought my ideas, and they were finished ideas. And, you know, hey guys, check this out. I have you know demo tapes of like Punishment or. Um, fucking Tales from the Hard Side and what my pick. I remember recording that shit, um, you know, in, in the, my basement in Brooklyn and bringing it to the guy. So a lot of times I brought in finished versions of songs. They didn't like it because they didn't know, how do you do this on your own? I'm like, I, I studied and I learned and how it works. Um, but it's the same thing. Now I just do it on my own and I don't have any, I don't ask anybody their opinion. I just yeah, yeah. Sort of like that one. Nice. Now, like what, like what was, like obviously you've been a musician and a player for a while. Like what was, and it sounds like you might've even answered this a little bit earlier, but like, what was your impetus to learn like recording and, 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 you know, production stuff? Um, was it cause like what you said earlier, where it was just like, you wanted to be able to, you had a vision of the power of your sound and you felt like you could capture it better than producers or, or was there something else that was kind of driving you to, to learn that stuff? I think it's a combination of everything. I'm a big control freak. I, I like to just, I don't like to have anything between my what's in my head, what's in my heart, and capturing it, preserving it, putting it in stone. I don't like to have to explain my ideas to people. It's always been like that, and and I think the desire to learn new things is always big on my horizon. I love just to, you know, if there's something I don't understand, I like to learn about it. Um, the over the years, I looked at. Things that I, it's funny, dude, the, the shit that I was spending money on, you know, you, you need a graphic artist, so you got to have somebody make a poster for you. Um, so, you know, making t-shirt designs, it started out with press on letters for like the first biohazard demos and the first biohazard t-shirts and our first posters where I would fuck, you know, my, uh, my buddy's old lady was an artist. She said, oh, you can, you can. Uh, go to the art store here in, in uh, Canal Street and you can buy these little press ups like letters and you put them on a piece of paper and then you Xerox them or, and then if we were, I would do all the flyers yeah, and yeah. it expanded up, it, it expanded to now <clears throat> I know I, like Photoshop I know how to make my own videos I, I make my own flyers I do my own logo I could do it I could design my own website because I watched where I was fucking where were the things that I was in specific with where were they, where was my, where was I dropping the ball? Where, what, you know, where, where, where was the slack? Where was the weak chain? <clears throat> and I, and all, everything else, like I have a whole group of, you know, a squad that I, I put together over the years that I work with people that can help me with those. They're like specialists and, and, you know, you know, the new website for Billy Bowie that we just finished <clears throat> and uh, we use WordPress so I could easily design it. But I, before that, my homeboy taught me how to, program html and, and, and code so i knew how to look at for things and i and i you know i couldn't build it from scratch 
but I knew how to change things and I learned that way. Um, so the, the, I think, um, you know, uh, necessity is a mother invention. So having the desire and the need for, um, these skills, certain skill set, I ventured out and learned how to do those things. Yeah. 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 I am. Am I, am I in McFarland with a fucking camera? <laughs> no. Yeah. But you know what? I made, I, I make half of my videos for fucking a fraction of the cost. And like the new video I did, I'm dropping it tomorrow, bro. It's the fucking most unique video I've fucking ever made in my life. And especially with, in a world where we're all part of the hardcore and metal scene. And, and you kind of, I've seen the same kind of themes redone a lot. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to be the first fucking metal hardcore band that came across the Brooklyn bridge with all your fucking crew and punishment. But that aside, it's hard to come up with something new and and let's, nobody has a budget anymore. So your money shot is not with money. It's gotta be the idea. Yeah. So this whole fucking video I did, I shot it on my fucking iPhone. I work with my two homeboys and they helped me out with it, but it's my fucking iPhone. One shot dude it's the whole fucking video is one shot and i came up with all these different ideas i want i had the whole thing about it which you know i'll you know i'll talk about over the next week or so but it's it's fucking badass but it was the idea and it made it super unique yeah and, and you know well tomorrow you know when it drops or, or you know you know i'll look for it or, or well, shoot me a link and, I, and i'll post it up you know what i mean um and I, I yeah, I thank you, brother. Thank and dude, I, not for nothing, man. I just started shooting some shit with because we do the TV thing, uh, Chop Ed TV, and uh, I've always I've been shooting with like a DSLR, a mirrorless camera, a DSLR, and uh, the new iPhone 13, man, looks just as fucking good, dude. <laughs> like the fucking that cinematic mode well, with dude. filming. I'm like Jesus. All I gotta do is bring my phone now. I I just shot two uh, bike shows with just that, and it looks fucking beautiful, bro. It's- unbelievable it's just scratching the surface because they you know oh yeah. and every time because you know what they're giving us right now for a big fucking price point they got shit that just is mind-blowing but they're waiting because they're gonna get to that level with yeah. three or four updates <laughs> you know oh of course yeah, yeah. The, what i crazy man what i've heard is the technology that a lot of these companies have is literally 10 years beyond uh, and, and that they're holding and not putting out is like 10 years or more beyond what we have in our hands today, you know, whether it's phones or other things. Um, and so I don't doubt that they got some fucking rad shit coming down the road, you know? Um, you know, I, that's funny about that because <clears throat> I'm a big tech head. I mean, obviously that side of my life, but Apple had a chance to buy Tesla and they, they didn't Yeah, fucking Tesla, they don't play by those games. That's why they're the innovators and they were first to market and that's why they're fucking the kings of the EV world. And it's because they they don't, they have, it's not like they have the technology and they're waiting to make, to milk it, to make money out of it. Apple does that. And that's their business model since day one. And I'm with it. That's cool. I got patience. And I'm cool to wait for, I know, the kids, they all, everybody gets up their phone first and I'm the last in line to get the new phones yeah. always, but it's okay. <clears throat> but Tesla, that motherfucker, Elon Musk, he comes up with something, he works on it. And he, he I, I love how he doesn't, he's not scripted at all. No. He'll let the shit out of the fuck. He'll let the cat out of the bag 
like before that you're supposed to. And he's like, oh, I probably wasn't supposed to talk about that, but whatever. And I, I think that they're innovative and they're the top of that market for that reason. It's so funny, this conversation I had. We're talking about, you know, we're, bike world and rock and roll and hardcore metal, but we're talking about technology and that's what I, I love about this man it goes anywhere it goes you know there's no there's no questions <laughs> no script you know <laughs> i know i remember once i was uh i did a uh jimmy jass's podcast and jasta called me up and, I, and he's like yo we're supposed to talk it's one o'clock i said oh sorry dude he goes what were you doing because did you trade and we're out now we're up we're live right and yeah. he goes did you trade gme i said yeah dude i Fuck, are you kidding me? It's killing it. He goes, yeah, that shit just sold me, uh, just bought me a new a new studio in my new house I'm building. <laughs> and we were laughing about the stock, GameStop, and yeah. it was that one day, I know a lot of people, everybody heard about it, but but there was this one day that the stock went out the roof, and Jamie was like, yeah, I can't believe it went up, I, I it was it went up to like, it doubled my money, and I sold, made out so much money. I said, bro, why did you sell? It's, it's like, it's at $300 now. It's fucking, this is insane. He's like, what? So we're having this conversation live on a podcast. And, and all of our all of our friends and family were probably watching going, what the fuck? These, two, these are two hardcore dudes talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the stock market. No, nah, no. Nah. Hey, you know what happens, man? You know, like, you know, we just, yep. we like, we grew up with a DIY ethic, man. And that's why I think that's part of the shit that's instilled with you to, to, to learn how to do all this shit. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's similar here. Like I, like I learned Photoshop cause you know, cause I had to, and you know, I'm not, yep. I'm not like, I couldn't be a full-time graphic designer for a major company, but I can get by with the shit I need to get by. And you know, and when yep. there's something I need, that's a little out of my realm. I, I got, I got friends that I bring in and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and that's just kind of ingrained with us from, from the scene that we involved in. But I find myself lately like dabbling in like crypto and stock stuff and everything here and there, because, you know, you know, no, no one ever gave us anything right in life. Like we've earned everything we had and we're trying, I think we're all just trying to be smart and, 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 and do better, you know, and come in and, 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 uh, be more secure, you know, um, I do. Yeah, dude, I, it's like, like. It's like when you with the tat, when you bought the tattoo machine. You remember that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course you remember, it, but yeah. now the shit you you still doing it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I bet. I, I just, I just, yeah. I just, I lasered. I, I, dude, my day is I like on Mondays, I come to chop ahead. I, I open up, uh, my friend Ken works here for, for the day. I, I go laser all day and do the removal shit. And then I come back here and work and then, uh, or do this podcast. And then, um, the rest of the week I I'm at the shop, the, the, the bike shop all day. And then I do removal at night. You know, there's always a hustle going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, a case in point, dude, when you told me about that, I'm like, what? Really? That's gonna that like that's that's a like viable business. Oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna take off. <laughs> and I I always wondered though, and I want to ask you, is a lot of the, are the people? What's the percentage of people that want to get removal because they regret it, or people that want to get it removed because they want to redo something over it? Um, I think I see a lot more of the the um the lightning to uh cover old art up with new art more than some of the other laser places because I'm more yeah. in, ingrained in the tattoo world. So I get a lot of artists referring people to me, um, for that reason. 
But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my main classes of clients. Uh, number one, first and foremost, is an unfortunate one, but I, I, I remove a lot of names and uh, ring finger tattoos. Um, n- number two is uh, removing tattoos for uh, employment or uh, reasons, whether it's uh, someone joining uh, a branch of the military and they got something in uh, areas where they're not allowed to have tattoos, like hands or neck or face or something. Um, yeah. Or, uh, you know, whatever line of work they're going in, they need to get rid of. But I get a lot of uh, military people um, that are uh, trying to get rid of stuff before they uh, join. Um, and then I get a lot of people that are just lightening old stuff so they can go over it with new. Yeah, It's it's a funny thing, man, because when I got into it, I thought I was going to see a lot of real fucking horrible tattoos or like, you know. And really, it's not. I, I, I remove a lot of decent tattoos. Like, I, I've removed some that are fucking awesome and i'm like you sure you really want me to stop lasering this it's a fucking fucking badass tattoo but yeah it is what it is it's a it's a bizarre world right (laughs) yeah um but but fuck yeah so so yeah dude it's funny that whole rise of 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 gamestop i didn't i didn't get in on it now i regret it but i know people that got in and were buying it when it was like 10 13 bucks and you know what it go up yeah. to like three four hundred like i knew one dude that was up like like over a hundred grand you know what i mean and then he he like held out and held out and then it went down and down and down you know like you know that's the that's you know obviously hindsight is always twenty twenty with uh with things like that but man there's yeah. uh, there's so many like aren't they trying to do another run with that or amc or something they're trying to do a run on yeah dude um it got up to GME. It's been on a trend. It keeps going up higher and higher. But it, the peak in that day or that week was four, like almost 500 bucks, like yeah. $480. Yeah. It's fucking insane. And since then, it's hit 350 a couple times. But the, so AMC, <laughs> what is, where are they now? <laughs> They're talking about stock market shit. But <laughs> AMC, um, we, we bought some AMC because everybody loves the fucking movies. And yeah. I thought to myself, like, all the movies, everything's closed. And the minute fucking the world opens back up, people are going to be fucking, it's going to be like the Wild West. They're going to want to go to every bar, every club, every show, every concert, and every fucking movie. Right? Yeah. So I, I, I was looking at the GMC, uh, AMC, and we bought a little bit, and then it dropped bought a little bit and they start talking about how they're trying to avoid bankruptcy because they um, because they believe in the same thing that I believed in was going to happen. They believe that when it opens back up, people are going to go back to the movies. Then sure enough, they were right. But they kept the price as the more the price dropped, the more AMC kept putting out press releases that they were going to um, <laughs> sell stock to pay their bills and dilute the stock, but it, it, and put out, you know, more offerings, all these business shit. That yeah. Hard to understand, but it made the price go lower and lower. And I, there was a point, I remember like, I think the last time I bought some shares, it was at $2 and 50 cents or something like that. So we were averaged in real low. And then GM, uh, GameStop happened. And then it was like a week later. So <clears throat> I can't even remember. I wake up one morning, go to work and I get a ding on my phone and, and, AMC fucking jacked up to like twenty dollars, and I was like, "Whoa! Don't tell me this is this is the same shit that's happening um, as fucking as GameStop." And it did. It went up to fucking it was like the first round was like it hit like 
30 or whatever. I can't remember, but eventually went to like $7 and it was the same thing. And what, here's the, here's the cool tie into what we're all about in our lifestyles. Our subculture, the one that just, we, we were raised walking the streets going, fuck this, fuck society, fuck the establishment. And the hippies did it. The fucking punk, early punk rockers did it. And we did all through our youth and still to, to this day and age. We choose to live our lives how we want to live them. We don't give a fuck about whatever anyone else thinks. That is the flag I carry. That's the flag I'll always support. But what happened with that shit was a bunch of kids that turned around and said, fuck the hedge funds. Fuck those motherfucking rich bastards. Let's fucking unite and do this. And they turned that shit around and they fucked the businessman. They fucked the dudes who've been fucking the regular working class dude that throws a little bit of extra cash into his retirement fund or he's got a 401k in his side business and whatever. But that was like, in the economic world, that was the most punk rock thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that and crypto are the punk rock of, of, of uh, the, the financial world for sure. And uh, Hell yeah. I know, didn't they made all kinds of fucking like that caused all kinds of weird like rules and shit like in the uh, financial trading like like so that uh, they're doing their best to make sure nothing like that happens again. But guess what, motherfuckers? There's always some smart kid that's going to figure out ways around shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you know what happened? What I heard happened. Jim and I talked about this off off mic too. Some kid that worked at some kind of some hedge fund, some investment firm in Manhattan heard the dudes talking at the end of the day how AMC was definitely going bankrupt and they were going to short the stock. So when you short the stock, that means you're, you're planning on the price going lower. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's opposite of what normally happens. Normally the price goes up, you buy low, you sell high. These dudes, they, they're betting. It's almost like they're pessimistic, you know, doubting Thomas's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But they had some kind of information. This dude reached out to friends and he leaked that shit. And he said, and they went on Reddit and they were like, and they started talking about it. Small little chat room. They said, the, the fucking head fudge motherfuckers are going to short AMC. Everybody buy the stock because it's dirt cheap and fuck them. Don't, let's fuck those motherfuckers. And I'm, I'm streaking it up a little bit, but that's reality. What they yeah. did was they, they, they stuck it to the man who's trying to stick it to everybody else. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. The bigger, the more the price went, and what happens is it's called the squeeze. When to get out of a short position, they, they used to they used to call me sergeant in buyers because I always the guy I organized everything. I ran the show. Yeah, yeah, you the guy. With the, there's, there's always a guy with the clipboard in the band. You you held the clipboard. <laughs> I I never it wasn't a clipboard, but it's the same concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and now I'm I'm digging that grave deeper with this little knowledge. So to get out of a position, you have to buy shares to get out of a short. That's how you close your position. But when you buy shares, you're adding to the increase. People, other people see those shares being bought, and they're like, "Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. This is really taking off." And you, it makes the price go higher. And the more nervous a short gets, the high and he sells. He's like, "Fuck, fuck!" It makes the price go higher and higher, and that's what happens. That's and fun. that's people are still holding AMC and GameStop for that same reason. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and see, right. so, so there's a little bit of knowledge of world knowledge for, for people that might not be in the financial uh, sphere. There's, there's still, uh, there's still, uh, there's still subculture and fucking punk rock shit happening. even in those worlds, man, you know? Um, Hell yeah. 
and uh, find it, find it. You know what I mean? Get in. I, you know, I, I would never be one to be able to give any kind of stock advice or anything like that, but it, it's, in, it's interesting, man. And to me, it's, it's more fun than going to like a casino or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you have, I feel like you have better odds. Like, you know, if you're, if you're uh, investing strategically and shit, you know, um, hundred percent, bro. That's you just hit the nail on the head. Gambling, going to Vegas, go to Atlantic city. That's gambling. Yeah. It's luck. It's like, you're trying to, you know, play the odds, but stock market, it's not gambling. It's investment. You do your D and D, you do some research. My, and I'm, I'm not a guy. I'm not supposed to give, you're not supposed to give advice unless you're like yeah. an accredited investor. Sure. But my advice is don't be a pussy. Find something you like, put a little bit of money in there. Yeah. You know, take tech, like 5% of your paycheck, throw it in there every couple of months, every, sorry, every couple of weeks or whatever, twice a month, make a, you know, and add to your position, whatever, and watch it grow. Yeah. The stock market, People say, oh, it crashes. I'm afraid. I was afraid because I fucking grew up in Brooklyn. I never trusted anybody with my money. I was an Italian dude who yeah. put his money under his fucking mattress. Exactly. Yeah. But I wish I would have learned a little bit more. I wish I would have learned a fraction of what I know now a long time ago. I know, man. Because, I, you know, dude, it I, is what it is. I still think about it in that the 2008 crash, like Ford was down to a dollar. Like, man, if I, I just would have thrown a couple of grand at Ford, but not that I'd like even. 2008 probably didn't have a few grand, but I like, you know what I mean? But if I, even if I bought yeah. like 500 shares, man, at a dollar, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, um, but I think that's like also what happened now, too. Right? Yeah. Is that, you know, we've, we've gone around the world. We've gone around the, uh, well, the world. Yeah. But we've also gone around the, you know, we've, we've rotated around the sun a few times, you know what I mean? So we get, we've seen some, we've seen crashes and comebacks and crashes and comebacks and just know, like you buy some shit, you know, it might crash, but just, Fucking stick with it. Don't sell off when it when it's worth nothing. Could come back. You never know. Especially if you're like invested in like some big shit. You know what I mean? That's you know like it's gonna come yeah. back. It's gonna come back. You know. I mean, I watch. I watch fucking. Uh, I I remember when fucking a Bitcoin was six hundred bucks, and I was like, I don't even know what that is. I ain't buying that shit. And then then it went yeah. to like sixty grand, and then and then it went back to like five thousand dollars, and now it's back up in the fifties. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking shit's all over my the boy, place. <laughs> my boy called me up. He said, Yo. You know much about crypto? I said I heard a little bit about it, but I have no, I, I've never, you know, I, I'm not educated on that. He goes, bro, it's fucking at 900 bucks. You should just take, you know, drop 500 bucks. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get one, one share. He goes, it doesn't work like that. It's not like stock. And and I, I didn't and it, for a little bit later, yeah. and I did, and I, I just always regretted not learning or not investing in that sooner. But... <laughs> There's, it's always like that with everything. Like, oh fuck, what I could have should. I wish I would have yeah. started playing guitar or training jujitsu. Yeah, you know, ten years earlier. But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so you can't, my, you can't go back. You just learn. This. Oh, good. Sorry. No, just move forward. My advice to anybody is: <laughs> if you look at all those charts that look confusing as hell, all it is is a price point, and the stock. Every chart, every chart in the stock market gets higher. The more you move to the right, it gets higher. So it's everything gains value more. And the, the problem is, as when I was younger, your money loses value. You put it in the bank, you put it in savings, it loses value. And the money that I used to keep in my pocket underneath my mattress didn't earn anything. Yeah. It lost value because inflation. <clears throat> but if you have to make your money, and that's how the rich make their money. They use their money to make money. And, and people, as you get older, you understand that, like, okay, cool. Um, 
I got I need a little bit of money to invest in this because with this, you can, I can buy this fucking car for, for two grand, do a little bit of work and sell it for three grand. Now I can take that three grand, buy a fucking a little bit nicer value car that's going to be more and more of his value. I put two grand in that and I sell it for, you know, for, for nine grand or 10 grand. And you keep doing that. But the other thing is when you make your profits, you can put it into something that you think is viable. I think that like the world is obviously turning more and more green. There's things, you know, there's obvious things like when the pandemic hit, um, you know, the, the everyone, everyone was caught in the ships and the, the, that, that shit crashed like motherfuckers. Airlines crashed, all this stuff. And, you know, so you can play it that way. But other companies that are tried and true and like you said, from Ford, which is probably, it's probably $30, $40 a share now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I haven't even looked. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, let's let's talk about something a little bit bit (laughs) more on our pace. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. So what, um, I've, 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 I haven't really, we haven't ran into each other in a long time. And, um, I've always meant to ask you about this. So here we go. But like, what's up with power flow? How did that come together? That's, that's a, a interesting concept for a band right there. It's, it's, it's you and, and, and send on from Cypress Hill. And, uh, you know, like, how did you guys, like what spawned that? And, uh, what are you guys doing anything with that right now? Yeah, actually with also with Christian from fear factory. So yes. Yeah. Christian, who I, that do, we have a second record. It's done, wrote it all, it's all ready to go. I'm just waiting for Christian, who moved away. He lives on a farm in Texas, and he's fucking loving it. But um, I'm waiting for him to finish his bass track. So that's going to be the second record for Power Flow. Power Flow, bro, this this is, when I talk to my friends, I'm like, this is such a cool story, like how it happened. I was, we were doing Biohazard still, and Sendog and, and Roy from Downset, came into the studio and sit with me. And Sen, Sen and I did a lot of work together in different projects over the years. We've been friends since the early 90s. And I was always a major fucking Cypress Hill fan, and he was always a Biohazard fan. The dude is a fucking, more of a metalhead than he is in the hip-hop. He loves hip-hop, of course, and he's a godfather OG of hip-hop. But he's a fucking metalhead. He's a fucking huge Megadeth fan, Metallica, huge Pantera fan. And he, he just, he grew up, he was a Cuban dude in, in Southgate that grew up with Dave Lombardo. There were two Cubans that were best friends in, in Southgate. It's a section of, of L.A., South L.A. So, um, said, the funniest thing he said is like, bro, all we, my parents couldn't afford any instruments. You know, we had a pen and a paper, so I, I was spitting lyrics, and that's how I got into hip-hop. But he was best friends with Dave Lombardo, drummer of Slayer, yeah. and he told me, he goes, bro, one time, Dave came up to me in, in school. We were in, like, whatever, 10th grade. And he's like, hey, man, my band's playing in, in the quad next, in the, out in California. They don't have, the half the schools aren't in, indoors. Each, each, like, there's a building for the classrooms, but to go to class to class, you walk outside. And, they, and there's a lunchroom that's outside, you know, in the open, and they call it the quad, I guess. Mm. But, so... Then went the next day to see Slayer play in high school. They were all went to high school there, or most of them. And uh, it was fucking unbelievable. But, so, this is how it happened. Sen came in the studio, and he was like, bro, you know, I got something new going on, and I'd love to get you down with this. And I told him flat out, I said, bro, I said, you know, you know, I got a family and kids, just like you, and, you know, if I'm leaving, 
I want to do a solo record, but if I leave my family, I, I just can't slug it out with a new band. I said, I'm down to work with you on any level you want, and I'll produce, I'll write for you, whatever. Uh, but I'm gonna, I need to stay home. You know, if I'm gonna leave, it's gonna be for biohazard, and you know, it, it's easier to pay the bills. You know, grinding with those dudes who are my best friends for life. Yeah. So he said, was like, yeah, nope, nope, it's all good, it's all good. So he would come by the studio every Sunday night after football. He'd bring a bunch of beers, some of his bros, and we'd hang out. We'd work. On, I'd play him some ideas. We'd work on songs, and after we had a whole bunch of songs together, we had no name, no nothing. Um, we ended up, long story short, we ended up in the studio <clears throat> recording, still no name of the band. It was no intentions. We, we, it was just a bunch of cool songs that we liked. So my drummer at the time, uh, Fernando, uh, Brazilian cat, he turns to me in, in Portuguese. He says, hey, bro, this is fucking great, man. We all get along. It's a good time. Let's do a fucking band. Let's make it real. And I'm like, we're having a blast. We're there for like a week. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking, let's do it. And then within a couple of days, Sam was like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of this name, Powerful, what do you think? And I, at first I didn't really feel it, but I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I get it. And it, the name was a term that Roy came up with. He's talking to Sen about Sen. When he spits over heavy lyrics and metal, he does his flow, Sen dog style, but he does it with more power. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And that and he's kind of got his flow, but it's powerful, and that's how they came up with the name. But so it stuck, um, and we ended up doing it, and then put out a, the first record, and then we kept torn and torn and torn, having a great fucking time. And Sen and I, the original plan was to do, we would juggle Cypress Hill and Biohazard, and then Biohazard was done, and he was flip, he flipped another uh, Cypress Hill record out. And then I did the uh, solo record. And then I, so that's what I do now. I just do both bands and, and Power Flow. We just finished our, we're finishing up our second record right now. And it's killer. Nice. Killer. That's, a, that's a West Coast word, killer. I can't believe I'd say that. <laughs> nah, nah, I get it. Yeah, so that's cool. So, I mean, so you guys plan it accordingly so that the releases drop in between, you know, the, you know whether it's your solo record or a Cypress Hill record or something. So it all, yeah. it all works out. So nothing stepping, on, stepping of, on each other, yeah. Exactly, exactly. COVID kind of fucked up everything. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's hard. I mean, we're not the types of people who stick to your plan. You just kind of go with the flow more yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, now, like, the plan was to have the Power Flow record out um, before my Billy Bio record. And then that didn't happen. So now the Billy Bio record's coming out, and then Power Flow will be out after that. Yeah. yeah. You know, a, 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 f a funny thing, man, is that um, in in uh, the world of like underground music, you know, a lot of people know that there's a lot of hardcore kids or, you know, a lot of guys that grew up in hardcore and metal were also hip hop fans and um, was always kind of a thing, you know, whether it was like, you know, and uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there was a lot of hip hop heads, like main dudes that were also like hardcore and metal guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like ice T or send dog or even, yeah. even fucking Scarface from ghetto boys, man. We, we hung out with him in Boston and he was talking about all this shit. He goes, he's like, hey, I grew up fucking bunk and hardcore, man. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, yep. it's just more of a testament to how, you know, these, you know, legit music, you know, is real, recognized real, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, when shit is legit and authentic, like, you know, it transcends fucking bounds, you know, and, and barriers. And, uh, 
and uh, I think it's cool, like the, the like the cross flow that goes between between the two. And and you you guys were one of the major things that kind of really set it up on a on a big level with the the Judgment Night shit, you know, and with Biohazard and fucking Onyx and whatnot. And um, that record kind of really set it off back then, you know, it set the stage for 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 a lot of the crossover. Uh, stuff there what what was that like man you know in those early days and get in the studio with onyx and shit how did that all like kind of come together so that was a cool interesting story but let me make a comment but you brought up um you brought up ghetto boys we were on tour with um with power flow and i look over side of stage is fucking bushwick bill rest in peace yeah yeah he's fucking leaning against the wall and he's fucking headbanging and he's fucking grooving to the fucking music and I'm like, yeah, you fucking go over and pit fist bump for me. And he's fucking a fan. He comes out, we finish the show, and he comes on stage and he's like, yo, let's do an encore. We're like, we didn't know what the fuck to play. Yeah, yeah. We had no, we were just, it was one of the first few shows, first tour, <clears throat> but it was funny. But he was a huge fucking metalhead. Hung yeah. out backstage, mad cool dude. He's passed away recently, but. Yeah, I know. Um, so the Onyx stuff, we were on tour. I think we're sick of it all. And it ended in Cleveland. And a couple of days before I got a call from our manager, Scott Coney, who just, just passed away um, from COVID. But he tells me that um, the Onyx camp <clears throat> wants, they wanted me to do a remix of a song called Slam. Yeah. And it was a big hit on the radio. So they flew me home the guys, you know, they took, they drove back from Cleveland with a tour ended and they flew me home. That's a whole crazy story about <laughs> that, but I'll keep that private. But so I go in the studio and do this remix and it, it, I just, it's, I play guitars. I had Danny come in a couple of days later and lay down some drum beats and then thought it's guitars and bass, but it's, it sounds like violence, of course, because it's, that's what I do. Yeah. Especially back then. That's all I did. <clears throat> So it becomes um, like a biohazard collaboration. A bio, they call it bi- Bionics Remix or something. I can't remember. And they put the shit out. It was like a more metal version of their song. <clears throat> that friendship, we did a couple shows together. Um, and then that friendship turned into us being paired up for this Judgment Night movie soundtrack. This guy named Happy Walters put together. And he paired up fucking unique, you know, pairs of different musicians, you know, from Ice-T and Slayer, us and Onyx, um, Cypress Hill and, and uh, Cypress Hill and Faith the Moor, I think. It's, and um, so, so many different cool collabs. Yeah. And that's, we ended up doing a song together. So the song we did was the title track for the movie called Judgment Night. And I, I we worked with Jam Master J, rest in peace. I can't believe in the, there's three people I just mentioned in the past minute. That I know, dude. It's fucking crazy, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, Jay Master Jay was from Run DMC, um, and he was the producer of, of the track, and it was fucking killer. We we uh, wrote a cool song together. We sat with him in the studio, and um, oh, another cool collab was House of Pain and um, Helmet. That Helmet, was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That so, track was big when I was, a, when I was uh, you know, like a teenager, you know, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. So that, that's how it got together. And uh, I remember, and I'll do respect to Jay Master Jay, he brought more of the hip hop part of the song out. And yeah. it, it wasn't, he, it didn't, he didn't, I mean, that, that's his thing. 
if I was a producer, I would have brought more metal out. So I, yeah. I actually redid that song and it'll be coming out, um, next year sometime, but it's fucking way more metal. It's fucking killer. It's well, great. Yeah, man. Well, you know, and Run yeah. DMC were one of the first to put stop putting guitars like that rock box dude off their first record. You know, they had they had fucking guitars right off the rip, or and then they did that. Uh, and then King of Rock, and, yep. And then what else? So they uh, the, they did that collaboration with Aerosmith, <laughs> like fucking yeah, uh, you yep. know? Hey, dude, like there's always been a, 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 a you know an overlap. You know what I mean? You get the two circles and where they overlap, like there's there's been a, a, like a real little solid core there, man. I, which I always appreciated, yeah, yeah. man, because I grew up with both, you know, and uh, and um, it wasn't, you know, it, it it was it was everyone always thought it was more common for hardcore kids to like hip hop, but they didn't realize that there was a bunch of fucking like legit top tier head, you know, hip hop dudes that were in a fucking the core, you know, it was fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. And still is. I mean, Ice T's got body count. You guys got power flow. Like you know, there's, there's still shit going on right now. You know. Yeah, dude. I, I did a. I wrote a song <clears throat> for body count, and uh, and I, I played it for his friend when he came back. I said, "Yo, check this out." Because that ice. I said, yep. He goes, "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "He goes, you wrote that?" I said, "Yeah." He goes. Why did we use that for powerful? I said I played it for you, but you weren't feeling it. So I, <laughs> I, I, I gave it to Ice T. And so when I got that song back, dude, and I heard because I'm a big fan of Sen and Cypress. I love Sen's fucking voice. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's funny when we're working the studio together. I'm I'm like using, especially in the first record, not so much anymore because we have our our sound, our style now. Yeah. But the first record, you know, we're watching fucking. I'm watching the Jets, and he's watching the Raiders, and we're just you know how party in the studio and i'm like no man it's got to be more fucking groovy like your stuff and he's like no no it's got to be faster and heavier like your shit and that was the we were pulling each other's specialty out of each other but opposite yeah. and that was like the birth of, of, of powerful but um when we worked at jam master j he he it was really cool what he did i love the song i think it was great and, and i remember we had to we wrote the song and Onyx was there in the studio with us and we came up with the ideas left them with the basic structure of the song they did their stuff they came up with all the verses and we had to finish the song so we, we redid all our tracks and wrote some new parts and put it together in Black Sabbath Studios in Birmingham, England and we had like we had like three days off and we got into their studio they let us use their studio and bro we were like for two days, we were partying. And we were like, holy shit, we're fucking partying in Black Sabbath's fucking studio. It was amazing, bro. And then we get a phone call. Hey, uh, you, you guys got to leave um, a little early because Tony, Tony's got a new song he wants to work on. We're like, what? Fuck. We were, we were just fucking around. We weren't even working. Yeah, yeah. We were just waste, pissing away record label money. And then we're like, all right, now we got to fucking put the note on the grind. So we, we started working and we banged up the song real quick and we were done. Yeah. And you must have been like, "Hey, do you think I could hang around and watch t fucking hang out with uh, t when he's uh, when uh, Mister Iomi's working on his new <laughs> new jam here?" You know, <laughs> I know, man. I, 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 That'd yeah, be awesome to be a fly on the wall for that type of session. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I remember we were, we did one record in L.A. with this um, a good friend of mine, Ed Stasey, our producer, and Rolling Stones were doing a record in another studio 
in, like, in the same building, but in the, like the main room, we were in like the dirty kid studio. Yeah. So the big main room is where they have, they did, it was called a studios. And when we were like a long time ago, they had this, this famous, um, we are the world. It was called, it was a famous song where they had every pop oh, singer yeah, 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 and musician yeah, yeah. sing the song and all the food went to feed the hunger, the yeah. uh, hungry, the hunger. That was on uh, uh, MTV, MTV relentlessly when we were kids. Yeah. So that studio was where we were at. We did our dra- drums there. It's a record called Stay the World of Dress. <clears throat> the Biohazard record. And then we to do overdubs, we went to another studio, which was an, wasn't as expensive and it was a little bit smaller for what and it fit our needs better. And when we did, the Rolling Stones came in the big room. And we were just like, what the fuck? The Rolling Stones? <laughs> Fucking amazing. And our producer, Ed Stasium, worked with Nick Jagger on a couple of the solo records. So they were tight. They knew each other. Yeah. So we, we would go in there and hang, you know, like not hang out with them, but we met them. They were fucking super fucking cool. And, but I remember going to the studios and listening to the, what they were working on. And there was, um, faxes on the wall because Nick would work during the day and, um, Keith Richards would work at night, but they only communicated through fax. Like, <laughs> Keith, like Keith would work at night. Mick would come in the next day, and he'd write notes or fa- I remember for some reason it was fax. They would fax information back from their pads. They would fax the studio and say, oh, "Okay, I listened to what you did last night. Change this. I like this better. Do that." And that's how they communicated. And it, we were like, "Whoa, it's fucking!" Because I'm sure that times they were in the studio together, but while we were there, they would just work separate schedules. Yeah. So, so crazy. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I love, like the process. And I, that's why I said I love watching those documentaries that show like bands and the, their processes because everything's, you know, so individualistic and, and uh, unique to each kind of fucking band. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So I have uh, a- like two years yeah. ago, I brought my father for his birthday to go see the Rolling Stones. They played, they played out here at the Gillette Stadium and, Man, you know, them dudes still put on a fucking two-hour show and do not stop and uh, still put it out there, man. Sound tight as fuck, you know? It's it's crazy. Those dudes are you know, know, man. professional, man. Fucking legit, you know? I know, man. I, 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 I want to see them and fucking they're still killing it. They're in their 70s, bro. Yeah, it's bananas. And, and their setup is so big because uh, some of our boys work on their, you know, stage crew. Um they have two of the exact same huge stage setup because, like, while they're playing one show, the crew's ahead at the next, uh, you know, arena setting up over there. You know what I mean? Because it's so massive that they got to have two of them. It's, it's fucking bonkers, dude. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My dog was just... <laughs> making, make, making, making a guest appearance. Dude, <laughs> you walk by the house, just your shoes alone on the fucking sidewalk. He fucking barks and howls at you. What kind of dog? He's he's a rescue, but he's mostly well. He looks like a fucking Labrador. Okay, he's probably about 30, 35 pounds. I'll probably grow to be about forty. But um, he definitely got some kind of hunting blood. And then we did the, my wife did a DNA test thing. I'm like, what's That's bullshit. But it came back like he was like 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 fifty two percent pit bull. We're like what? Yeah, they didn't yeah. say anything about Pitbull, but uh, he's a great dog. He he definitely got some Labrador in him. Yeah, nice. retriever for sure. Like he loves. He sees animals and he gets he points. His tail gets straight. His nose there. He's got the stance. And I'm like, you're a puppy. How do you learn that shit? 
Yeah. It's crazy. Like, um, like just genetics and dogs and like different breeds and how they have different characteristics. And it's like, you know, I have a German yep. shepherd and he has every one of the fucking German shepherd characteristics. It's like, wasn't taught that, you know, yep. like, and, and I got a old English bulldog and she's got all the bulldog characteristics, you know? And it's, it's just funny, man. Like the shit that's in us uh, innately from, uh, I don't know if it's a genetic memory or some bullshit, you know what I mean? But it's, it's there. You're born with it. Yep. Yep. My kids are super musical, They're really talented. And, and it's got to come from the family. My, yeah. my brothers are all musicians. My mom was, my father played, he's a scientist, but he played clarinet. Grandfather, uncle, piano, accomplished piano players. And it's genetic. It passes down. And the same thing with animals. They know cats, a little kitten, you just put your, wave your finger in cat litter and they, that's it. They yeah. go and they know where to go. They do their shit. You know, this yeah. is a good dude here. Pritch. But that's cool that you, you, it's a musical family. What uh, what do you, what do your kids uh what do they what do they play or what are they into? Everything. My daughter's a amazing sing. Both the kids sing incredibly well. They have like perfect pitch. But um, <laughs> my daughter had a ba- has a band, plays guitar, a little bit of piano, but mostly singing and guitar. She plays drums too. She's fucking awesome. And my son is killing it on piano, but he also plays cello and trumpet. Nice, and 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 pretty solid on some kit too. Yeah, that's cool. You yeah. you you guys should do like like a like a 2021 version of the Partridge Family, man. Take that out. <laughs> take that act out on the road. <laughs> you know, it's the Brazilian family that we're friends with, and they they do that. They're all musicians, and they they have like in the, their living room is their jam room, and they fucking jam all the time, bro. It's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. It's great. They have a yeah. blast. They're super close. But yeah, my kids, my, it was pretty cool. My daughter liked it. Like she jams at my place, my studio and, uh, her girlfriends get together and they, they have a good time and, and they love it. My son hasn't jammed yet with anybody. He's more into writing songs. <laughs> He's really good at it. That's awesome, man. And it's cool because, you know, like you can, you can help foster that and facilitate it and let them grow at their, you know, into whatever they're into. And, but you can help with, uh, you know, any stage of that, like, you know what I mean? So it must be some good bond, yep. bonding stuff for you guys, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. dude. It, it, you know, you got, do you have kids? Nah, no, nah. that's, that's why I can work so much. <laughs> you got freedom. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I regret it when I'm older and I die alone in a nursing home. But for now, you know, I'm just fucking out there rolling. <laughs> um, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm around, I'll come visit you, brother. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. We'll we'll, we'll do some shit. Um, uh, I'm just waiting for where I'm old enough where I can just blame. I can go out and be an asshole and just blame it on Alzheimer's. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but fucking, uh, what else going on, man? Like, I know you always kind of get your hand in a mul- multiple baskets, and, and you've already talked about a bunch going on. But is there anything else you're working on, like just side stuff or collaborations that uh, you got in the works? Um, yeah, I, I this I, I mentioned the Patreon thing. That that is a new creative outlet for me that I really fucking like. A friend of mine, I was doing a podcast with, with him, and he uh, we were talking about different, you know, different hustles in the music industry because COVID was shut, shut down and everybody was done making records and touring. And he told me about his patron. I'm like, ah, fuck that shit. It's like a money grab. I'm not, I've never been about exploiting my fans. Yeah. And he's like, no man, it's not like that. And he explained it to me. He goes, and he goes, just give it a chance. So I gave it a chance. I looked into it 
And I was like, wow, this is fucking badass. You, it's kind of like having a party. You know, like, it's funny because when I tell the West Coast people, they don't, they don't get it. But East Coast, it's like a Thanksgiving dinner when you're a little kid. There's a big table with adults and there's a small table for the kids. Yeah. And when you hit t- different families, different ages, but maybe 10, 11, 12, you start sitting at the adult table. But until then, you're cracking jokes and, you know, throwing peas at, at your brother, you know, your brother, your cousin at the kids table. I, I look at it like, like having a party at my house. Hey, my dog, if he doesn't like the way I'm scratching him, he'll go try to nip me. Oh. <laughs> He's like, yo, I don't like it. I'm no, done. I ain't done so, with that. Um, yeah. So Patreon is kind of like, it's, it's like I'm cooking up food and every time it's a different meal and I invite, I invite a bunch of friends over and they all sit at the table with me and we just talk shit about what I, my dinner, what I created, what I, what I did last week, what I'm doing next week. And that, that's how I look at it as Patreon. It's kind of like, it's made for the people who come and see you and they, they go right to the front of the barricade. They're the ones who are in front that point at you and say, Hey, your, your nose is bleeding or, or you got, you sneeze and you got a fucking goober hanging on your fucking chin. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. those, it's that part of the family because they're, everybody's all cool, but not everybody's into learning, you know, to following you on the creative journey. But I t- took it a whole different level. And I have like a, I was writing a book for years called tales from the hard side. It was all, about my stories I've collected along the way from touring with Ozzy to agnostic front to having Pete Steele come up with the bio as a name. So all that stuff is real. And, um, and I, and instead of, and I, I did, I wrote for years and I just started making these video, these videos. And I called it series called, it's not like a podcast, more like a, uh, a visual storytelling spoken word where I just tell stories and they evolve. Sometimes they go off on tangents, but they're all based around the same story. And and there are all these different series. And I'm up to like like 50 or or so episodes. And it's fucking awesome stories. Of, you know, like I mentioned, all these different interesting times in my career. That's cool. So um, so so instead of are you doing that now? And instead of writing the book, or are you still going to write the book? Well, I, who knows? Because yeah. I was trying to do the trying to write the book and I, I texted this, this guy John Wiederhorn he's a big famous writer friend of mine helped Roger with his book yeah, yeah. Um, great dude we talked about it but d- during the pandemic I was super prolific and it just kept you know writing from Power Flow to Billy Bio um, and a bunch of other bands I, I write for and produce so and th- this just came out of that pandemic era of creativity and I call the pandemic for me it's called remission it was like I was I was kind of like not active but I was super like, like it was like everything was fermenting inside. And it, when it started to come out, it just, I let it come out. And, yeah. and now I got all this stuff I'm ready to release. So the Patreon, um, I'm super creative with it, with, you know, for not just the stories, but it's sharing the creativity, like the, like the making of the song. And it's all real footage of me just writing a song from scratch. And now it's a fucking single tomorrow. I drop a video for it. Fuck so yeah, it, man. most people, that most people see the, the end result they see the video and then they get the record or whatever. And they're like, Oh, cool song. They don't know the story behind it, you know? Yeah. So it's a way you're letting uh, the fans that are like the most invested fans, you know, kind of get in deep, a little deeper and see a little more of the process and, and uh, get a little more of the inside exactly. scoop of the stuff. That's, that's fucking rad, man. And, and, um, yeah. and uh, even like the title of the record, like I, I, I was, uh, I had a bunch of titles that I was, 
tool around with my head. I took a pole. So they, they, a lot of people to participate in things like that, you know, like sit, picking singles um, tonight, actually right now. Wow. They're all, they all get this video before everybody else gets it. Okay. It's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It's not like I'm, I'm fucking Metallica, but the people that support me, they, Prince, you're going to fall off the couch. Come here. But I scratch him, he gets all relaxed. Yeah. And then he starts to fall off the couch. <laughs> What's his name? Would you say his name's Prince? Prince. The yeah. kid named him, yeah. Yeah, nice. Friends cool. Nice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Real, I'm like, can we call him fucking Bruno? Come on, that's a dog. <laughs> like, no, we like Prince. I'm like, all right. All right, yeah. It doesn't suit him because you are Bruno, dude. I'm going to call you Bruno. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I have a, a Patreon for the, for the podcast as well. And it, it's true, man. It, and it's, 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 it's almost humbling. I feel like to have that, like where there's people that are into what you're doing enough to, to, to kind of just support it at that level. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, it's rad to be able to, 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 to give back to those people for sure. You know what? So you understand what it is. It, that is so right, dude. It feels like humbling the sense that, like, I remove all of, like the because they're, we're talking directly. You know, what I mean, there's a few people. I have a couple tiers where we we write music together and I teach them some of the techniques I picked up over the years. So they see a lot of the inner workings of my creativity, but I'm also showing it to them as a friend, not like this dude in a spotlight that some record company says. You know, some magazine puts you on a pedestal. I, I've never been about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but you, it gets way more personal, and I like that. You know. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. And yeah, uh, yeah no, it's cool because I've had people from that are, are on my Patreon like come out to the shop and shit. You know what I mean? It, it's fucking rad. You know, it's like, uh, uh, and then it, it, it's it, and it's it, it is. It's like you you become like like legit like friends with these with these with these people. You know. Yep. And it's fucking cool. Um. Yeah, man. Well, fuck, dude. Like, what's, what's, uh, since you brought up Tales from the Hard Side, man, what, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lace me a little bit with one. Like, what, what's one of the, what's one of your favorite memories or one of the craziest ones? Or, or not me, but the, the, the listeners here, you know what I mean? So, what's, what's one that you, uh, you particularly enjoy talking about? There, I, there's something crazy just happened to it because I told the story about it's a true story that happened. And out of respect for my buddy, because he called me up. He goes, bro, you would, so I've been hearing from some friends that you tell the story. And it kind of <laughs> makes you look fucking like, like a herb. I'm like, but it's true, dude. It's what happened. <laughs> so I'm not going to go there, but it just happened. Like, like he called me up last night. But there, there's a bunch of stories, and they're fucking, they're all equally entertaining and stunning and fun um, and, and great to hear. It's like that, you know, I'm not the old dude at the bar that sliced over his drink saying, you know, back in the old days, but they're fucking entertaining stories. Yeah. Um, so one I'll hit you with is there's a story I tell about how I almost fucking knocked out Lars Ulrich. He dissed me at a club in front of my homeboys and they, my boys are like, yo, you don't know him. He fucking dissed you. I'm like, yeah, fuck that motherfucker. He knows me. I went up, right up, ran up to him and I'm, I'll finish. You could, if you want to know how it ended, you can go on my Patreon. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a, a little advertisement, but the story is awesome, dude. It's a funny story. Yeah. What was this? Was this back in the day, like like in the early days of Biohazard, or like like uh, what was the time frame? Uh, that was late nineties. Okay. Yeah. 
camp. And then uh, I tell a story about meeting the, like Life of Agony guys, Pete Steele um, naming the naming Biohazard, telling us that we should use the, the logo. Just you guys should just use the symbol. Don't use the name. Just the symbol. See, you would we you, like, you would have beat Prince. You would have beat Prince to I know. that. We would have we would have got anywhere because Prince had money to be able to say <laughs> artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. You know, we could be like those fucking four douchebags that hang out at Lamar every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. It's, this is their band. It's a symbol. <laughs> You're like, who the fuck is that? It's crazy, man. Like people, you know, and 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 I don't fully know the depths of it either. But I don't think people understand the the depths of influence that Peter Steele had on like like uh fucking hardcore and New York hardcore and metal in the eighties and nineties, you know? Like he, he was involved in a lot. Yeah, dude. And uh Yeah. He he was, man. We we were we did a couple songs with him over the years and you know, it was sad to see him go. Yeah. Real sad. Absolutely, because you wonder what else he, you know, because you know that motherfucker had a lot more, a lot more brewing that, oh, yeah. that would have came out, man. You know, hundred percent, bro. He, he, yeah. But was, he did. But before we, uh, and not to go down like a like a like a sad road here, but like what uh, just going back to your Patreon real quick. What what is your Patreon address? And I'll make sure I put it in the show notes, because uh, you. You made it sound very interesting. I'm sure there's going to be people that want to get involved. What what was the? Is it just? Is it just Billy Bio? Uh, Patreon.com slash Billy Biohazard. Yeah. So all my socials is Billy Biohazard. I, I had a band with uh, one of the girls from Kitty called Suicide City, and it was like after Biohazard was over for a bit, and I was so I was done with it. I wasn't into doing. I did everything I wanted to do with Biohazard, and I was moving on. So I wanted to create do something different and something new for me. And I, I stopped talking about biohazard. I didn't let anybody like you couldn't mention biohazard in the press releases or all yeah. that shit. And it was kind of like, you know what? I worked my ass off to build up my name and to build up biohazard. And so that's why now I've I accepted that that's who I am. Yeah. I'm Billy from biohazard. You know, I, I got a family, I got kids, I got a middle name and a last name, but people know me as Billy biohazard. So that, that's how I go as and Obviously, Billy Bio is an offshoot of that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I get it. And you know, and I think that's a natural part of the process, man. Because that was such a big part of your life for so long. I think it was natural that you had to kind of, kind of step away and and kind of clear it out before you could embrace it again. You know. Yeah. And yeah. process it and, exactly. Yeah. Because realize who who I was and what I was about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, so. You got you. There's no date on the new Powerflow record. Your 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 solos in March, and then is there a tentative date on the on the Powerflow, or are you just kind of waiting? Um, no. I, the way it works, I mean, I know what's going. You know the time frame. Yeah. But until it's done. It's oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. You're still wrapping we, it up. We, yeah, still wrapping. I'm waiting on Christian. Hopefully, this. That's funny. We're doing this podcast. This is not going to show up. So I'm talking about a video that comes out tomorrow. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, it came. This is going to be. Yeah, it came out last month. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, this this will come out. Uh, uh, this will come out either this Wednesday or next Wednesday. So it'll it'll be huh, it'll cool. still be super relevant. Yeah, it'll still be super new. If if if, if it's if it's out, it'll either be out for a day or like a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Perfect. So just so just for uh, posterity, so people understand, we're recording this on. Uh, 
what is it, the, the 29th today? So, yeah, uh, November 29th, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so November 29th. So comes out tomorrow, and then uh, if you hear this on the 1st or the 8th or something, then just, just go look it up. Um, and uh, is it, I'm sure you'll have it posted up on all your social medias and everything, right? Obviously. Yeah, it, I, there's links I po- post up all the time with the, with the video links. What's the, name, out. what's the name of the song, track? Song is called... So it's called One Life to Live. Okay. And it's got it's featuring uh, Toby from H2O. Yep. Cool. Well, who, what is what are some of the other uh who, who else you got doing guest spots on the on the record? Or do, um, or do you not want to say? Yeah. No, no. It's all right. It's not like some big secret. Yeah. Um not 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 many, man. COVID was really tough. I had a lot of people I wanted to work with. Um, but um Robbie from the Exploited. Um, laid a track. Um, nice. My buddy Dan uh, played bass on some stuff, um, and, and that's it. Toby, just Toby. Exploited. Even Sen Dog. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Even Sen, I didn't get uh, do anything with Sen. All the time we spent together uh, was working on Powerful, so yeah, it would have yeah. been cool. But to have him guest on something is that's kind of like Powerful anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That was a, uh, Exploited was actually my second. Uh, you know, punk or hardcore show ever back, back, uh, back when they weren't very well liked in Boston. Cause they had that song dead cities and it was on like a live record. And they're like, this one goes out to Boston. It's called dead cities. And <laughs> Slapshot was making those shirts that said, uh, with Waddy with a cross on it. And the, the, the yep. sniper scope on it said punk's dead. You next and all that, but still a good show. It was, a, it was a guilty pleasure at that time. You know, any kid got into when you, especially back then there wasn't as like, think about it, right? Like, when we were first getting into like punk and hardcore and metal, there was there was n- n- not the sheer volume of music that there is now. No, like you could you could I know. you could own most of what was out there. You know what I mean? Or or like be exposed to most of what was out there. Now like yep. now these these styles of music have a fucking forty year history. You know what I mean? And and that much and that many bands over the years and like. And so many different offshoots and subgenres now. It's 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 really weird to think about, you know. Because think about like it always bugs me out. Like if I think about stuff that even was a little before my time that came out like in the early '80s, like that stuff is like when we were kids was like 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 weird jazz music. Like you know what I mean? Like 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 super oldie shit. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the timeline, like like in the in the in the late eight, like in like 1989, 40 years before that was like 1949. You know what I mean? And like, think about the music of 1949. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking crazy. You, you, crazy. And it's exponentially. We, we, we grow off of, of the shoulders of giants that stood before us. And that's what happens. We, it, so think about how much music is going to be out there in 10 years. Yeah, wow. exactly, man. And with, with, uh, people with the ability to record and make music on your laptop and in your bedroom. That's another reason. So, and anybody can load their shit up to fucking TikTok to Apple Music to Spotify. And with that, all you got to do is get up there. If it happens to hit, you know, like Billie Eilish, that homegirl started on fucking TikTok. Yeah. And she was, you know, or YouTube, I can't remember, some social media, and she was popular. So she started doing music and people liked it, and then bam. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, right? So, Think about like think about when we were teenagers. If we had the ability to record a song in our bedroom and get it out to the world, like literally thirty five seconds after you were done recording it, like you can have it out to the fucking world. 
That's bananas, dude. It's so bananas. Like, like yep. it's yep. fucking crazy. Like, all you gotta do is hit boop, upload, fucking gone, send it out, out into the fucking world. I, that's why these cats, the fucking all the mumble rappers and the you know the the hip hop stuff or, or trap rap, yeah, whatever they call it. They're so fucking big and popular, and the sole reason is because it's one dude, one dude who makes the decision. One dude who says yes or no to a deal. One dude they got to fly to fucking make, just do, do his one or two songs at a club. And it's so easy. Yeah. And the hustle is, it, it's just like, uh, everything is on point. You don't have to deal with egos in a band with some guys like, yeah, I don't like that idea. Why not? I don't know. You yeah, got anything yeah. better? Nope. You know, <laughs> ego shit. Yeah, you don't yeah. have that. Yeah. You know? it's, I don't think it's so much that the music's good because it's, it's not. Yeah, some yeah. catchy shit, catchy as fuck. And they say some funny shit. For reality, it all sounds. I know I sound like the old man. No, it all sounds the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy, man. It's a, it's um, it, it's it's a weird evolving thing, and it, it's like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay in it, or because like imagine like if you just like shut off from the world for three years and came back, like how much shit would be different? Cause like things seem to be just even not even talking about music, but just technology is evolving. And like, seems like the pace is just picking up very exponentially. And like, you know, like what the fuck is shit going to look like 10 years from now? What the shit, you know, not even like what's going to look like five years from now, you know, it's fucking bananas. Like, um, and, uh, you know, never mind when all the AI shit starts coming online, which they're saying could be in the next five to ten years. You know what I mean? Realistically, yeah, dude. Like fuck. I mean, that's stuff that's beyond my pay grade to even think about. But you know, it's going to be something we all have to deal with. You know? Yeah. That that that's a whole other scary thing, dude. That that shit is because you know it's going to be used for as weapon weaponry. Number one. Oh yeah. And. Two, it's going to put out a lot of people out of work, so there's going to be a lot more free time, and it's also going to make things a lot cheaper. So it's going to be weird. It's going to, I think it's going to be a big, big change to our society. Yeah. And that's already been changed enough, you know? I know. Well, there's, maybe maybe this fucking keeping people home for a year was a dry run to be like, all right, dude, this is what's coming up <laughs> when, when no one has jobs because it's all been fucking taken over by fucking robots. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and right now, some motherfuckers laughing, being, "What are these fucking fools talking about?" And then, uh, play the long game, dude. It's like, it could be within our lifetime. Some of it, not always, not full automation of shit, but like, you're gonna see less and less fucking jobs available. It's scary to me to think that all the transportation might be automated. You know, like the because of how fast like the 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 self driving cars and trucks and stuff are like. They're already like testing them on like fucking real roads. You know what I mean? That's fucking yep. nuts, dude. Yep. <laughs> like fucking imagine you're driving and you look over and see this fucking truck with nobody driving. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's crazy, dude. It's it's scary and crazy and inspiring and you know. It's all in one thing. The problem like, wow, is wow. is that it should be inspiring one hundred percent, but we all know the shittiness of like humanity and corporate greed. And you know, it's going to be, you know, some of the shit's going to be a little nefarious. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's yeah. no getting around oh, yeah. it, dude. That's what sucks. You know, it's just like, yeah. But, yeah. That was just- 
I don't know, man. Well, I I know you probably got a lot going on, dude, and I don't want to I don't want to uh, keep you too long here. Um, I definitely want to do. We made it. Oh, good. We made it, dude. No technical glitches. No, no glitches, man. So, like I said earlier, we tried. This is the third time. Like we got like twenty <laughs> twenty five minutes in the first two times, and uh, <laughs> and I talked about totally different shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I might have to put the glitchy ones on Patreon just for the Patreon people and be like, so you can just hear a little glimpses of some of the other shit we talked about. Um, that's why I kind of wanted to wait a little bit in between because it's like you know, if, you know, it, it would feel like I didn't want it to go like to be a rehash of like the first fifteen minutes, like the first couple. Like, yeah, it's, long enough has gone where it's almost like a reset, you know? <laughs> yeah, cause it, and a lot of change. I got new record coming out. I couldn't talk about that before. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, you know, you want? Here's another fucking crazy thing, dude. Uh, somebody leaked my record and forced me to put it out, put up the news sooner. Really? They they leaked yeah. the, the record or the news of the record? A, a girl put up a video of one of my songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. You told me yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I did? Yeah. You you talked about I, that a little earlier. When The the song that you, uh, that you had. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. Know I told you. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking sucks. Like she didn't do it on purpose, right? She was just over eager. Or was, she was it wasn't it wasn't malicious. Yeah, at all. yeah, yeah. She she meant well. So yeah, yeah over eager. Like yo, I, I you know some people are like it's not music. I'm not sharing the music. Yeah, you are. Yeah. It's a video of me playing you a song. They hear the music. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't. It was you know, but it's all good. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it just kind of forced you to up the uh, up the date. <laughs> yeah, I had a rush and scramble and you know put together. The label was pissed, but they were like, hey, let's turn it around. I got somebody. This company, this, uh, the dudes in uh, Ghost Call Magazine shared it out and put it out. So I, I turned it around a little bit and made it, you know, turned it negative into something positive. So yeah, cool. man. Well, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, it, it, it sucks. But like you said, as long as you, as long as you can adapt and overcome, that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do, right? That's- yeah. It's, it's, easy, it's easy to fucking spend the money when you win the lottery. The hard part is winning the lottery and losing the lottery ticket and figuring out how to turn that into a, a, an opportunity, yeah, you know? Exactly. So we can all celebrate the wins. Nobody sees the, the, the pile of, uh, you know, losses that you're standing, you know, in front of. Yeah, exactly, man. You know? Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, and, and, you know, and that's what, uh, that's in the, and that's the character shit that defines people with longevity in the game. You know what I mean? Like the shit that's, um, when you do something that you love, you stick with it, you know, whether it's fucking easy or not. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's plenty of times I want to throw in the towel in over here, and I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know what I mean? You, you you get pissed off for, like, a night, and you regroup, and then you're like, come back the next day with a new plan of attack or whatever. Or, you know, like you said, like, shit got released early. All right, fuck. You could, you could have just dwelled on that and been like, fuck this, blah, 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 and got pissed. But, you know, you regrouped and fucking turned it into, turn, spinned it into the what you wanted it to be, you know what I mean? Or, 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 or the best outcome for it, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, that's the shit people got to do in life, man. You know what I mean? Don't be a victim. You know what I mean? Fucking, yeah. Fucking take yep. control of the situation and, and, uh, put it how you want it, you know? Um, but dude, we gotta, oh, yeah. we gotta do one of these in person. It's way easier in person, like in, in funner, like it's good on the phone, man. It was, I know, fucking, I, it was an awesome podcast. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's like, I just love doing them in person so much better when, when the world opens back up and, and, and we're, we're traveling around more, we'll, we'll, we'll run into each other. You know what I mean? We'll fucking go off and do one quick. 
But, 100%, um, bro. I, I, I love talking always, but talking in person, it's so much more personal. And, you you know, because the body language is everything. Absolutely. You know? Especially East Coast kids, we, we talk with our hands. Talk, yeah, I know. I Like the whole time I've been like motioning and stuff, and I'm like, no one's seeing this. What are, I'm looking at my hand right now as I'm talking. I'm like, what am I even doing this for? <laughs> I know. But, uh, it's, it's real. Especially, you know, I'm not yeah. Italian, but I know you're Italian. I, I, I know there's a lot of fucking hand fucking waving going on right now over there. <laughs> yeah. But but fuck For yeah, sure. man. Well, I'm going to, uh, this will come out either Wednesday or next Wednesday. I'm going to put all the links in there. Um, everyone fucking, I don't, dude, you have such a mammoth discography. Uh, but, uh, you know, go to Billy's sites and, and check out what he's got going on. Support the new shit. If you're not familiar with the old shit, go back and research it and dig it up and find it because it's, that's the beauty of things nowadays is everything's still available and you can you can find it in one format or another. But make sure you buy some vinyl and are you are you doing any on different like vinyl colorways and stuff? Are you doing some of that? I know vinyl's fucking tough sometimes right yeah. now with fucking printing presses being backed it, up and shit. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's like fucking eight months back up. But yeah, we did some cool colors and some cool collectible limited edition stuff. That's what's available now. Um and then you can pre order it and pre-reserved or stuff but uh it's it's pretty dope pretty i'm pretty happy really happy with it especially the label i'm with fuck yeah who 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 are you working with now for a label uh, um same label i've been on for a while that it's called believe okay they, they, they're just running shit in europe um like worldwide but uh my imprint is called afm nice nice pretty badass fuck but yeah, dude, yeah 100 man I, I love to talk to you anytime and i want to see your shop and maybe get a tattoo removed yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, a, I got, a, I got a few names that were covered up a few times. <laughs> Just trying to peek through, or, or, or <laughs> but fuck yeah, yeah. I don't care. I, I, you know, like I like, you know, it's kind of like the, the tree. You know, you cut the tree down, you see all the rings and see how old it is, and you can tell if it's a, if it's a rough winter or a bad winter. Yeah, My yeah. Tat- our tattoos are they, they, they kind of like put a stamp of time, um, and a rite of passage in a, in a lot of ways. Oh, and it shows us who we are. You know, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with them. Fuck yeah! I know, dude. I know a couple of buddies of mine. I remember Bobby got by, has a tattoo on, on his lip, spelt wrong, and Evan spelt <laughs> one of our records wrong. <laughs> but you know, it, that's more funny to like, you know, just fucking keep that. You know, that's character shit. You yeah. know, um, yeah. But, but fuck yeah, man. Yeah, come out. I'll come <laughs> to the bike. We'll come hang out at the bike shop, dude. And I'll, I'll get you uh, hooked on motorcycling if you're not already. You know, and we'll. Uh, we'll uh, We'll go fucking whip around. But, um, awesome, bro. Fuck yeah, man. I hope to run in you, man. I hope you guys are, are, are on tour soon so I can come see you and fucking, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out that way. Sometimes I'll give you a call, you know, fucking, fucking. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. We'll grab lunch. Fuck so, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Well, dude, it was good catching up. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna shut this off, but I'm not hanging up. Hold on one second here. <laughs>